You're about to listen to another episode of the Braun Body Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Braun. I founded Braun Body Training Holistics in 2019, and we started the Braun Body Podcast in March of 2020. Since then, we've released over 100 podcast episodes about various topics relating to training, nutrition, lifestyle, mental health, and so much more. We've been fortunate enough to have amazing guests on the show who range from doctors in physical therapy, chiropractics, nutrition experts, strength and conditioning specialists, and so much more. This podcast is your new one-stop shop for motivational content, health and fitness content, training advice, insight, and wisdom that you can get nowhere else. Welcome to the Brawn Body Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us on this episode of the Brawn Body Podcast. Today I'm excited to welcome on Jesse Ferrosi onto the show. Jesse is a NASM certified personal trainer and certified nutrition coach. She's kind of had the desire to turn her passion for health and fitness into a career. She pursued her certifications in February and October 2020 respectively and then hired on a business coach who guided her in launching her own business, which is called Jesse K Fitness LLC. And she has been training clients virtually since she started the business. She has a degree in psychology, and she's also a certified paralegal. And she works full-time as a paralegal while training clients virtually on evenings and weekends. Her passion has been to help busy women break into a mindset that helps make self-care through proper fitness and nutrition a non-negotiable part of their life. She enjoys empowering others and encouraging them on their journey. She has a two-year-old daughter and is currently pregnant with her second child. If you want to find out more about Jessie, you can find her on Instagram at jessie underscore k underscore fitness and you can also check out her website, jessiekfitness.com. With that, I'm going to turn it over to our sponsor for a quick word, and then we'll get right to the show. Hope you enjoy. Jesse, welcome to the show. Excited to have you on. Excited to be here. Thank you. So as we were discussing kind of before we started uh, recording this episode, and in some of our previous podcasts over the course of the past couple months, we've discussed some of the alarming stats that we see in the health of Americans and of specific concern has been our nation's youth. Uh, A lot of children are seeing huge increases in obesity rate, cardiovascular uh, and cardiometabolic uh, disease risk factors, literally in children. Very few children are meeting that like 60 minute of play per day kind of guideline that we've set. And it kind of dawned on us that we haven't talked about the role that pregnancy plays in the health of a child and what those first nine months before they enter the world, how that has such a lasting impact on their health and wellness. Uh, So since health begins before you're even born, what do you as someone who is a mother and is currently expecting another child uh, do to kind of promote health and wellness in your own children, uh, in this case, before they're even born? I mean, I think, I definitely think like the habits start with the parents. So um, like in general, in terms of just like with my, with my daughter, like I don't, you know, I don't give her 
soda. I don't really give her juice. I, um, very minimal amounts of juice. Like I, I try to feed her and give her things that will, um, give her all the nutrients she needs. And, you know, I, I mean, yes, she watches TV, but <laughs> I try to encourage her, you know, to go outside to play. And I just think that like, for I didn't grow up drinking soda. I didn't grow up drinking fast, uh, eating fast food. And so, I don't even like fast food, you know, because I wasn't raised eating like that. Right. Um, in terms of like, just like what I do to maintain myself to be, you know, to, to stay healthy while I'm growing a baby. Um, I try, you know, I'm not lifting heavy. Um, I can't like, I, I do see some pregnant women do it, but it just, it just, I can't do it. Uh, but I do try to move every day. And it, it gives me energy, you know, it helps me sleep. Um, I, I put on weight, but in a healthy way, you know, right. I'm not waking up 10 pounds heavier because I'm just eating, you know, cookies all night. Um, it lowers the risk of gestational diabetes. Uh, it helps you maintain muscle and heart health and endurance. And, you know, I have to say your body does go through a lot of changes and it, you do have aches and pains as, you know, your stomach, stre your uterus stretches and your, it just, everything changes. But when I move, I always feel better. And um, I just think that those habits, you know, if you instill them in your child when they're small, hopefully, <laughs> you know, they take them, they take them with them. So. Right, right. And I like how you talk about the exercise benefits, not just for your child, but for you yourself. You mentioned it lowers your risk of gestational diabetes. Um, there's another study. Um, it was published in the Clinical uh, Sports Medicine Journal in 2017. It's just called Exercise in Pregnancy. And they found that just regular routine exercise, and it didn't have to be anything strenuous. It could just be walking or swimming or basic body weight exercises, reduced labor duration and pain for women. Uh, so if that's not enough of a sales pitch yeah. <laughs> for uh, women who are pregnant to exercise, I don't know what is, um, because that's kind of the infamous thing with pregnancy, right? Um, but no, I like that. It's very kind of general basic stuff, right? It's not like anything overcomplicated. It's not like we are sitting here calculating macros for our children or anything like that. It's there's stuff we know is good and there's stuff we know that's not good. And we're going to avoid the things that aren't good and do the things that are good. And I like too um, how you mentioned with exercise, right? It's just promoting play. It's promoting getting outside. And that's something you do for your child that you have right now, your daughter. And that's something that you're kind of promoting for um, your child who's currently on her way into the world. Uh, because as you, as people may know, the more you do uh, before the, your child is in the world, the more that's going to kind of pass on to them. Uh, so you've probably seen like videos or that sort of thing of people like playing music or like reading to their child, even though they're not born yet. And that has a kind of carryover effect into their life when they are in the world. So it's amazing how just these little habits can really pass on um, to their children. So uh, with that, too, um, 
how can how do you stay uh, safe? I guess with your exercise, you said you avoided heavy lifting. Do you have any other kind of limitations that you place on yourself, or do you know like when a, you have a good day and you can push harder, or when you're having a day that you just kind of have to back off a little bit more? Right. So um, I have found I purchased an elliptical like right before I got actually. I think it came when I was already pregnant because I, for me, I, I, I work out a lot at home. Mm-hmm. It's hard. You know, I have, so I, I train, um, on the side right now, virtually. And then I have a full-time paralegal job, a nine to five, and it's like about 50 minute commute. So, wow. and then, you know, I have my kids, so it's, yeah. it's crazy. It's hectic, but, um, I found, okay, I have weights. I want some more, you know, I have, um, exercise, I have resistance bands, I have, you know, some stuff, but I didn't have any kind of cardio machine and I am not able to get out usually and like run outside necessarily. So I purchased this because it was the one thing I found that I was going to the gym to be able to get, you know, some cardio in and I get up, um, 5am and I do, I like to do the elliptical for, for maybe 30 minutes. And then sometimes I'll just do depending how I feel, 15 minutes of strength training, or I'll just do strength training and forego the elliptical. But in terms of limitations, I really listen to my body. Um, I, you know, like I'll do squats, I'll do, I'll do, you know, all the exercises I normally do. I just am very mindful about going slow and how it feels. Um, Because you can't engage your, you can engage your core, but not the same way you would when you're not pregnant, you know, right, um, right. you can use it, but you can't, <laughs> you can't put too much pressure on it. Um, core has to be modified. Definitely. Uh, you know, you, um, you can't put pressure like in a plank position on the front of your, your core that would, it can cause separation of the uh, muscles. Right. Diastasis so, recti, I think it's called. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I actually, had that with my daughter because you know it's interesting but not all doctors are going to inform you don't sit up from your back you know roll to your side um don't do these exercises you know and I was just sitting up from my back you know my whole pregnancy I'm using my stomach and I I had it and I was able to repair it but I'm very mindful about just doing a lot of breathing exercises engaging pelvic floor diaphragm um and transverse abdomini Yep. saying that right yep <laughs> um and it's kind of like you're just pulling everything in and it's like your corset you know um, right so i do a lot of that uh avoid exercises on your back really um i tend to do honestly most of my exercises standing up i might do some glute bridges or some, you know something like that with my back against like a stability ball mm-hmm. but you know i i just i think it's one, you don't want to start something new without right. talking to your doctor. So if, if I wasn't doing strength training before, I'm not going to just start lifting weights during pregnancy. Um, it's very important to like discuss something, getting into something new. You know, you're not trying to, you know, transform your body while you're pregnant. Um, for me, it's just staying healthy, like feeling healthy, feeling strong. Um, and just moving, you know, uh, I do find that the low intensity cardio and just lightweights is perfect for me. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I take a walk during lunch. Like that's how, another way I get up and move because I'm sitting all day. So. Right, right. Regular movement. Mm-hmm. And I like how you brought up kind of that role and function of the core, because a lot of people, when they hear core, especially if they're new to working out or fitness, they think of like abdominals, things that you can see. Right. They don't often think about what lies underneath. And while we aesthetically look at the core and we think of uh, rectus abdominis and obliques, because that's what's appealing, there's so much more underneath that. So you mentioned the transversus, which is kind of that internal corset or internal uh, lifting belt, if you will, because that modifies your abdominal pressure. But you also mentioned the diaphragm and the pelvic floor, and that kind of forms like the top and bottom of the core. So that core is kind of that whole abdominal cavity. And I like to compare it to like a soda can for lack of a better way to put it. So the top being the diaphragm, bottom being the pelvic floor, TA wraps around. Uh, And if you have people who have dysfunction of either the pelvic floor or the diaphragm, then obviously your whole ability to regulate pressure is going to be off. Uh, So I like how you mentioned like just basic diaphragmatic exercises, like just breathing. Not only is that going to help your core indirectly, through improving your ability to monitor uh, abdominal pressure, but that's going to have so many beneficial health effects for your child and your pregnancy as a whole, because we know that breathing helps to reduce your stress level. And if we know one thing, it's that stress is not good. So uh, for anyone, so keeping that kind of at a lower level is obviously extremely beneficial for you, your child, everything. Um, what exactly do those, uh, breathing exercises, breathing techniques look like, uh, for you? So it's breathing in yep. and expanding, right. Expanding the, your, your stomach Yep. and then breathing out and kind of t- like when you're breathing out, you're tightening everything. So it's yep. slowly, I actually make that noise when I do I'm like, <laughs> And I, I just feel everything like pulling together. And, you know, I have to say, I didn't really know about that so much when I was, um, I wasn't, a, uh, I think I had just become certified. I'm trying to remember if I had her yet, but I didn't know so much about the breathing exercises when I was actually pregnant mm-hmm. um, with her. And I never did that. Even with exercising, I hadn't, because when, you, when you're lifting weights, it's the same thing with using your core and breathing. And I didn't do all of that. And um, I think that, you know, it's something I can just do sitting down, you know, um, there's like, so you can do it. I try to do it as slow as possible when I'm breathing out and you will feel it. You know, you will feel your core muscles working when you do that. And like, you'll feel everything. It's, it's, it's not exhausting, but it definitely, um, it's a workout in itself, you know, and if you incorporate that with, that's really all that I'm doing right now for my core is just the breathing. Yep. There's really not much more. I'm just trying to keep it from separating too much. And I do have some separation. I think some of it is just your body, Mm -hmm. um, genetics. Uh, I had it before, so it's probably just happens easier, Yep. but you know, um, after pregnancy, the breathing, and then a lot of stability, core exercises is kind of what got me back to not having that gap, you know, and just repairing it. Um, 
So that's actually how I train a, a lot of my female clients who have had kids too. Yep. Because yeah, I was going to ask you next, is there any exercises that you would avoid for someone who's just recently had a kid, uh, had a child? Is there anything that you're like, okay, we're going to just not do that for a while? Uh, definitely. Like I wouldn't do planks. I wouldn't do crunches. Um, I would focus on the breathing, um, toe taps, um, you know, alternating, maybe alternating leg lifts, not both legs. Cause it's, you know, the lower back, you're not going to be able to keep it on the ground. Um, right. you know, I have a client that did have some separation, um, when she had seen a pelvic floor specialist, she did have some, and we just focused on like so much of just those stability exercises and we progressed into a plank, you know, in terms of like she would do it on her, um, just go on her knees and kind of push her body forward. And we just did a lot of modifications and now it's pretty much, she doesn't really have it anymore. We're able to do planks, you know, we're able to do crunches, bicycles, um, all that. But I think it's just really feeling your stomach when you're doing it too and seeing you know, you can feel the gap kind of close when you, when you're breathing and you're, you're pushing your lower back to the ground, you can kind of feel that. And, um, a lot of it is stopping and asking. Mm -hmm. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And if one thing stands out to me about that, it's the importance of, if you are someone who is trying to get fit or increase your overall health and well-being after a pregnancy, you really need to get to someone like yourself who has worked with those clients in the past, who is certified and has some kind of specialty. Because a lot of times I see people try and kind of cut corners, right? They go online and they Google something like core exercises. And what do they get? They get things like the plank, like the side plank, like the crunch, and they jump right into it. And instead of just, you know, spending a couple hundred dollars out of pocket and getting the right information the first time, they end up spending a lot more and paying for it with more detrimental health effects because of what they did. And they didn't know that it was the wrong thing to do. Right. They just went to Dr. Google. Um, So I think that really stands out to me there personally, just the value that you can get by going to someone who has that expertise, just save yourself the little bit of a heartache. Um, And kind of with this too, we've been talking a lot about core and abdominals. And obviously everyone's familiar with the famous phrase, abs are made in the kitchen. Uh, So with that said, you said that you've gained a little bit of weight being pregnant, which we would obviously expect you're pregnant, Um, but it's been like healthy weight. It's been the good kind of weight. So what's been your kind of personal nutrition approach for some, for yourself uh, during your pregnancy? So um, I am, I think if I'm training and I have a specific goal and it's, or physique in mind, or, you know, I'm more about my macros. I'm more, you know, on it, but right now I do log my food because I was doing it prior to pregnancy. I like to know what I'm putting in my body. I like to see, okay, this is how much protein I'm getting. Um, for me, I am pescatarian and I do sometimes struggle. Um, if I'm not prepping enough, to get the protein that I need. I, when I'm not pregnant, I will supplement with a protein shake here and there. Um, but 
you know, they're not FDA approved. It's not really recommended by my doctor. Uh, mm. So I do listen to that. <laughs> but I, you know, so I have to get it from whole food sources. So, you know, in terms of nutrition, um, I, I'm, I don't really, I'm lucky. I don't really have food aversions when I'm pregnant. So I'm able to eat pretty much how I ate before. I do get some cravings, but nothing crazy. I really don't change my habits that much. I just make sure that I eat like I did before, you know, I eat probably every two to three hours. Um, I don't let myself get too hungry. Um, I don't pay as much attention to like the actual calories, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really know what the recommend it goes by weight. It goes by so many factors, but the recommended calories necessarily would be for, you know, my weight, my height, my, what all of that being pregnant. I know that, um, I, I eat at least 2000 a day and, um, I try to keep my protein. I try to get about 90 grams of protein. Right. That's what I try to get right now. Uh, I think they recommend 65, which is, uh, you know, it's kind of low to me. I want, I want to get more cause I'm doing, you know, I'm lifting weights, but, um, you know, I try to eat all the food groups. I, um, I do overnight oats every day, you know, um, I, I plan, I try to plan my meals so that I am getting what I need as opposed to just grabbing stuff on the go. Right. And there's value in that consistency too. just doing the same thing regularly. Uh, you know, your body's not, something that adjusts well to change right away. So if one morning you eat oats and the next morning you eat eggs and the next morning you eat French toast, that's sending very different signals to your body every day, as opposed to just doing the same thing over and over or similar things over and over. Um, so definitely value within that consistency. And although, like you said, exact caloric numbers are going to vary for people in general, if you are pregnant, you're probably going to be eating a little more than you would before because you're now sustaining a little bit more than you were before. Um, so that's kind of expected. Um, that's interesting though, that you do it with the pescatarian diet. So for those who aren't familiar, that's basically a vegetarian who eats fish, correct? Okay. Yeah. So is there any like certain fish or seafood that you kind of gravitate towards more than others, or do you tend to fall more plant-based most of the time? Um, so I probably eat fish like twice, like two to three times a week at this point. Um, I, I have like, I, my, not my other options. I love veggie burgers. Um, uh, I like to get ones that do have at least, you know, I think the ones I have have maybe like 15, 17 grams of protein in them. Um, I, you know, like grains, um, lentils, you know, but I like, I love salmon. I love shrimp. I do love tuna fish. I try to keep that, uh, you know, I try to eat maybe like a can a week if I do like canned tuna, because, you know, it does have higher mercury and I try to, you know, you try to limit that, um, when you're pregnant <laughs> right. in general, probably, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, so I think salmon is great. And, um, shrimp but you know i i the reason i went pescatarian years ago was because i had high cholesterol and it was hereditary it wasn't something that um like i always ate very clean but it was just something that was kind of passed down yep and i was able to get it down by going pescatarian and being even more mindful so i've just always maintained that since then and um so i do try to you know i'll do shrimp but i'm i cook it in 
you know, olive oil. I try not to cook it in. <laughs> right, no. right. But, like I'm just more mindful about the way things are prepared. And yeah, and that speaks volumes to um, what William and I uh, talked about in last week's podcast. Uh, so we were talking about the importance of kind of self-experimentation with health and fitness uh, related things, right? Like an exercise or a nutrition approach. Everyone is going to respond differently to whatever kind of thing you're talking about. So one person might do squats and feel it in their quads. One person might do squats and feel it in their glutes. One person might go with the pescatarian diet like you did and see great changes in the cholesterol. I had a similar problem where my family has a hereditary problem with cholesterol and I went a slightly different route and I went more towards the keto paleo carnivore ish end of the spectrum. And while my LDL didn't change a whole lot, my HDL went way up. So I still had high cholesterol, but I had a lot more of the good cholesterol to balance out the bad. Um, so everyone's body is very different and it's important because again, I tend to be biased towards my own ways. So it's important to kind of hear all ends of things. Like, like you said, in your case, the plant-based approach worked very well. And I guarantee you, there's going to be people listening to this who could benefit from going towards more of a plant-based approach. Um, so it's very important to keep that open mind and try different things, especially when your body's sending you warning signs that things are not right. So if you're waking up and you know, you're tired, you don't have as much energy as you'd like, maybe you're starting to get like, you know, some headaches and just achy, sore, not recovering. Those are the times that you want to kind of step back and reassess things. Like what am I doing that isn't good right now? Or is there a certain trigger uh, that, you know, after I eat this, I feel this way. And kind of tease out like, hey, maybe I should try taking this out. Um, I thought William's discussion last week was on point. Um, so he was someone who had uh, GI problems after he ate eggs. So he stopped eating eggs. And what do you know, his gut problems resolved. Um, so just that kind of, like we said, simplicity, just kind of tease things out, play around with it and find what works best uh, for you. So kind of going along with that too, as we've talked about with eating and pregnancy, women are kind of destined to gain a little bit of weight because they are pregnant. Uh, so is that something that a woman should fear? Should they be afraid that they're going to see that number on the scale go up from being pregnant? I don't, I, I don't think it's something. So, you know, the baby, the fluid, everything is going to add you're going to gain weight. It's just going to happen. Now, um, I think that you should take the approach probably like, okay, I'm not going to restrict myself. I'm not going to try to not gain the weight I need during my pregnancy. Um, but I'm also not going to eat everything in sight just because I'm pregnant and it's okay. You know, right. um, I am a sucker for sweets. I love <laughs> cookies like you know I love um I do and so do I allow I let myself have the things that I want in moderation you know um I I let myself have treats but I'm not eating you know like a whole thing of ice cream I'm maybe having you know a serving you know um or 
I get these huge cookies. I'll have half a cookie, you know, and I, I still make sure I eat a healthy meal before I have that. So I'm not hungry and eating more of the junk than the food that's giving me, you know, the nutrition that I need. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that you, it's important to try to have a healthy outlook. So if you're someone who struggled with an eating disorder before, it might be hard to see that number go up. Um, and, you know, maybe you need to talk, you know, you need to talk to your doctor about that so they can tell you this is, you know, this is a healthy amount to, to gain, you know, this is what you should be eating. This is how maybe you do need to know calories you need to eat if that's the case. Um, but I just think really listening to your body, your yeah. body tells you when it's hungry, you know, um, there are some days that I am so hungry and I listen to that. Uh, I find I'm super hungry in the morning up until like 12 or one. And then I'm kind of okay. You know, it's just in the morning and through lunch, I just need more food. Um, so that's when I eat more food. I eat a smaller dinner. Um, I just, you know, it's, I don't think you should be scared, but I also don't think you should say, okay, it's okay to gain a hundred pounds. Like you have to, you know, because getting back after that and the health issues you may have and it's going to be really hard, you know? Um, right. So after, after pregnancy, how long might it take someone to kind of get back to their kind of pre-pregnancy uh, health status? I think that um, if you maintain um, a healthy amount of, of weight gain during pregnancy, um, you know, like I had a, a cesarean, uh, birth with my daughter and I couldn't work out for six weeks, which is really hard. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's hard. I, I'm, I'm dreading that again, because I'm going to have to have another one. But um, I, you know, I listened to my body. So I started with, when I was able to start moving, I started with stability and I worked my, my way back to, you know, um, I went through the, the, you know, the OPT model basically. Um, and I kind of just, I think with, you know, if you're nursing, you need more calories, you need to make sure you're getting the nutrients for, you know, for the baby. So there's a lot of factors that go into it. I think it should be less about the number on the scale. Um, you know, your body changes. You may not get exactly to the weight you were before, um, you know, I have to say my experience, because I, my daughter had a lot of allergies, we didn't know what it was, I was cutting out so many foods, um, but I still wanted to nurse. So it was like, I, I don't even know, I lost so much weight so quick, but I lost a lot of muscle. So for me, it was actually trying to get muscle back and put weight back on. Um, but I, I think, I think it takes time, you know, you can't expect in three months to be where you were before. Um, and everyone's journey is different. You don't know what your recovery is going to be like. You don't know what it's going to be like if you decide to nurse or not nurse or any health issues or anything. Um, so I think it's less about the time and more about just kind of, you know, discussing with your doctor, making sure your baby's getting what they need and, you know, you're healthy and, and all that. <laughs> right. And I'm sure that's probably extra hard by the uh, when you consider the fact that you've now got, you know, a constant 24 seven kind of like worry mode in the back of your mind, right? Like, 
oh my gosh, the baby's crying. What is going on? And, you know, that's probably happening at all hours a day, whether it's, you know, nine in the morning or one in the morning or 11 at night or 11 in the morning or so on. Um, so kind of with that too, you know, we talked about health and fitness under the realm of exercise and nutrition, but there's so much more to it than just what you do and what you eat. A lot of it is impacted by sleep and kind of lifestyle habits. Um, so I'm guessing that's something that's very different person to person, but I certainly don't know, at least um, I don't think I have any children out there. Um, really hope <laughs> I don't. Um, <laughs> So uh, how does your kind of sleep schedule change uh, both kind of in response to when you're pregnant and in response to, okay, we've just had a kid. Do you sleep well or do you <laughs> kind of find it harder to get a, a restful night's sleep? Um, so I, okay. So let me think before I was pregnant, I honestly could probably get like five hours of sleep, get up, work out, go through my whole day. I mean, I, I can like push myself. I'm not someone who needs eight hours of sleep. Right. Um, and I definitely test, test the limits a little bit. Sometimes, you know, I don't really, my daughter is not a good sleeper. Um, <laughs> she's, uh, she's finally getting better, but she'll get up in the, in the middle of the night and like, we'll have to put her back to bed. So I don't get a solid, you know, chunk of sleep necessarily. Um, my doctor said to aim for at least seven and a half. So I do aim for that. I don't get it every night. Um, you know, I was recently, I had um, RSV from like, it's a kid thing. It's like a respiratory thing that kids, a virus that kids get, but I got it and I got a cold and I was out for maybe a week and a half. I was, you know, and I had to sleep. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't get up and work out as much as I wanted to. And um, I think that part of it was that because I wasn't getting enough sleep and my immune system probably, it's not what it is when you're not pregnant. And, um, you know, sleep is really important when you're growing a baby. Um, and your body will tell you that you need it. You know, I'm not a napper. And think in the first trimester, you're really tired. And I'm in the third and the third, you start to get like that too. Um, but I, like, I'm not really someone who naps. So I kind of just try to go to bed maybe at eight o'clock if I'm really tired one night and just try to get to bed earlier as opposed to taking, I really can't take a nap. Um, I think if you can take a nap, you should try. <laughs> when right. your body, you know, needs it. But um, yeah, like not sleeping, you know, you're growing a baby. You, you have to be at your best to fight off anything around you. And it's like with everything going on, you know, in this world right now, it's really important to armor yourself um, with everything you can, like nutrition, sleep, um, fitness, just it all go, it all plays a part in being the healthiest version of, of yourself, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I think that sleep is super important. Um, I don't think I get enough, but... <laughs> Are there any kind of little like hacks you've developed for sleep? Like, do you keep the room at a certain temperature or take any sort of supplement or tea or anything beforehand? Or is there anything that you found that's kind of helped you with that or not so much? Um, I think with sleep. So I do. I like like the I, you know, I'm, I'm someone who's actually usually cold. So even in pregnancy, I'm not I don't like run warm. Like a mm -hmm. lot of people get very warm in pregnancy. I do. Right now, this weather is beautiful. It's like a little breezy. So keeping the windows open and the fan on, I really 
think that keeping it slightly cool is good. Taking my phone, putting it down, um, yep. not having the TV on, you know, because that light just really, it's like, it, it's like every time you start the guitar and you look at the phone or the TV, it, it for me, it just wakes me back up. So um, kind of putting the electronics down um, and just getting my kid to bed. <laughs> so she's sleeping, you know, as long as... I think part of the problem is sometimes, um, you know, my husband and I are very tired and we just like, you know, we're just like, all right, we'll just bring her into bed, we'll watch a little TV, we'll chill out. But it's really getting her to bed so that I can get a restful sleep, you know, prior to, prior to trying to go to bed, get everything done. So plan my food for the next day, um, you know, put my phone down, um, get her to bed so I can relax, you know, without yep. talking to me. And it's just finding a routine. To, right. that's helped me with that right and that routine seems to focus on taking anything stressful and just putting it kind of at, at bay so to speak um so outside of sleep uh and we talked earlier about kind of the breathing and the role that plays in stress management are there any other kind of like lifestyle habits that you've kind of adopted so to speak that have helped you along your kind of journey with this uh, so whether that's the, you know, essential oil craze or uh, supplement or just any kind of lifestyle factor that you found really helps you. Um, so I have to say I, tea, I'm big on tea. Um, yep. I like to have a cup of tea at night, um, herbal tea. I find that that calms me. Um, I, I don't think I mentioned this before, but like I cut out. I used to use um, like stevia and just different types of sugar alternatives. And um, I cut all of that out. You know, I don't chew gum anymore. I, um, if I'm gonna have sugar, I do like sugar in the raw or I do, you know, I, I try to keep things, my eating clean because I will tell you that you, when you're pregnant and all the changes your body goes through, your stomach, everything, it's foods, everything, affects you differently and that the artificial sweeteners and all or the natural you know artificial mm -hmm. sweeteners whatever those really gave me stomach aches and that's hard to sleep so when your stomach hurts you're pregnant it's you know it all kind of um disrupts it for me so that was a big one just I don't eat anything that I just because you know to cut calories or I don't do any of it. if I want something sweet I eat something sweet with the sugar and you know I'd rather the extra calories not get the stomach ache. And then when it comes to going to sleep, I'm not sitting there with a, a stomach ache, you know? So that's right. big for me too, is just eating foods that I know that my body can digest the way that it needs to. Right. Um, <laughs> so not a whole lot of spicy stuff then, huh? <laughs> no, and I'm not huge on spicy stuff, you know, a little bit, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, last little thing that, I really wanted to kind of hear your thoughts on is there's tons of discussion if you're part of any kind of online group or forum or depending on who you are, who you're friends with and all that way about what to do right after uh, the baby is born. So some people will say, you know, you need to get it vaccinated immediately. And some people will say, hey, you know, we need to kind of chill out and wait like, you know, 20 minutes, let them just kind of get a feel for the world and then go ahead. Some people will say you should wash your baby immediately. And I know 
personal friends who have had children and haven't washed them for three or four days after they were born. So there's a ton of kind of variability uh, with what people think is best. And a lot of that comes back to their doctors too. Some doctors think one approach is better than others. Um, so is there anything that you kind of find that you might recommend to someone or recommend that they kind of look into and discuss with their doctor further? Or are you just kind of unsure on a lot of those things as well? Um, you know, when I was pregnant with my daughter, it was our, it's, it's our first and we did all the classes and, you know, um, I think that I, I really think when it comes to what you want to do and what you, I think you need to do research and you need to talk to your doctor. So I think you need to do your own research, um, kind of learn about like the side effects of things, but the benefits. And, and I think it's same goes true. Same is true for all everything, you know, right. um, because there's, everyone's going to have an opinion, you know, and I think you really need to, when you're looking stuff up, you're not going to look at blogs. You want to look at actual, you know, a case study. You want to look at information that is going to, um, that has science to back it up, um, not just someone's opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, that's big for me. I listened to my doctor, you know, um, we did our own research as well. For example, my daughter had, um, you know, she had, they believed it was a cow's milk allergy and it was, and that can, you know, exhibit itself with a toddler as having blood in their stool. So, you know, it's scary as a parent, you're like, what do I do? Um, and I was nursing her and I don't really eat dairy. You know, I really don't, not much, but I just was so mindful and I was cutting so many different things out. And the doctor was saying, no, you don't need to cut out all these things. Like, let's try this. And I just wanted to, you know, give her everything that she needed. And if I look at that now, you know, maybe it would have, maybe it would have been better to do a, you know, start on formula a little earlier. I don't know, you know, maybe she would have gotten more nutrition from that considering I'm cutting out all these foods. What is she getting from, you know, from me? Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's part of it's a learning experience. Um, I think that same with nursing, it's like a personal choice. I don't judge someone because they don't want to do it. I think it's really like, you know, yes, there's so many benefits to it, but I think that everyone has their own journey with it. And, you know, I, I think it's got to be like a judgment-free zone for that kind of stuff. Right. But, um, you know, we got her vaccinated um, according to the schedule. Um, and, you know, I, I just... I think with all that stuff, it's your own research and talking to your doctor. Um, yep. You know, I try to, I don't feel like I know more than my doctor when it comes to, <laughs> to right. that personally, you know, but I, I'm always open to new information. So, right. And like you said, too, you did a lot of your own research. And I think that's such an important thing that people often forget is, you know, it's important to have a healthcare provider that you trust in your care and the care of your children. Uh, but it's also important to kind of promote your own autonomy in a sense and look into things and don't be afraid to ask questions. Uh, one of my favorite things I ask my own doctor probably drives him nuts, but I ask why, 
why are you doing this? Why are you prescribing that? And it helps that I have a little bit of background uh, from physical therapy school and things like pharmacology and pathophysiology and uh, blood work and labs and imaging and all that stuff. But I like to hear someone's rationale. And you don't have to be someone who's like an expert to just ask why. Anyone can do that. And if your doctor can take the time, maybe it's only 30 seconds to kind of explain things at a level that you can understand. I think that's kind of personally, I think that's the golden ticket is if I'm someone who knows nothing about this, but they can explain with good rationale at a level that I can understand, then it seems like a good idea to me. Um, so I always encourage people just ask questions. There's no harm in asking and kind of getting that extra sense and peace of mind. Cause like we said, there's a lot of stuff going on today. A lot of kind of thoughts, opinions, different schools of thought out there. And it can be stressful when, you know, you're constantly hearing one thing is better and then you're hearing another thing is better. And it's just, there's so much going on that you can really kind of lose your sense and end up questioning your decision if you're not 100% confident in it. Uh, so I think it's best to just kind of have that extra peace of mind. And that's going to kind of carry over into other areas of your life, like we talked about before with stress and other things. So with that, Jesse, anything else that you want to add or share uh, for our listeners today? Um, you know, I just that in terms of um, pregnancy, just try to enjoy it. You know, um, <laughs> you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. Um but try to just be present for the journey and not focus so much on, um, you know, like we were talking about the number on the scale and just, um, you know, how much you're working out and just try to maintain some sort of, um, a, you know, a routine like you had before and the transition from being pregnant to having your child will be a lot smoother. That is, that is my tip, you know, have a routine, uh, don't change everything. And, um, and hopefully, you know, it goes smoothly Right. <laughs> um, and enjoy the baby, you know, don't hyper-focus on losing weight so quick, you know, just enjoy the process. Um, I think that if you have a, a healthy mindset, you can get where you want to be after. So. For sure. Do you uh, recommend like keeping like a journal or diary to people uh, as they go through? Or um, Yeah, I think that's a great, I, definitely. I think that you go through a lot of um, mental changes and the hormones and just some people, you know, struggle with some depression. And I think writing things down for sure can help process those feelings and uh, process you know, everything that's going on, um, it can be scary sometimes and, and new and, and, and also just having that to look back to, you know, after it's, you know, it, it's kind of, it's like keeping a baby journal, you know, and, and keeping, you know, all of, all of their milestones and writing them down. I can look back at my daughters now and I haven't been great about it recently, but just seeing, you know, when she rolled over, when she first said a word, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to look back on such an amazing time and, um, and remember it, you know, because mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're reading it, you're reading what you wrote in that moment. So definitely. For sure. 
for sure. Awesome. Well, Jesse, thank you so much for your time. And thank you for sharing uh, your insight and experiences with our listeners about how to kind of cultivate that healthy and fit pregnancy and advice for pre and uh, post uh, birth. Really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been wonderful. I appreciate it as well.